Marketing has become complex, so business owners either put it at the bottom of their to-do list or they don't do it at all. But how can a business expect to grow without marketing? Yet if you think about it, marketing in its simplest form is storytelling, and selling in its simplest form is telling that story to others. So if you feel like you've been committing random acts of marketing or you don't know what your story is, this is the podcast for you with your host, Lisa Rabel, founder, speaker, author, and chief storyteller at Rebel Girl Marketing. Let the rebellion begin. Welcome back to the Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing podcast. I am your host, Lisa Rabel, the founder, speaker, author, and chief storyteller at Rebel Girl Marketing. This month, we're answering the overarching question of what are you really selling? And this is from chapter three of my book, The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing. Stop committing random acts of marketing. In this episode, we're diving into the two areas small business owners struggle with the most, positioning and pricing. So get ready, take a deep breath, and let's get started. Everyone is unique. Yes, everyone. Nobody is exactly the same. We are all unique. And so what we need to do is create a unique selling proposition. Sometimes it's called a USP. Unique. What makes you different? Selling. What is it going to do to further your business and get people to buy from you? And again, it's a positioning statement. If you aren't sure what makes you unique, let's play the why game with, uh, you have to do it with yourself. Did I do this with customers or when I do trainings? But you're going to have to ask these questions to yourself. So we're going to start with the first question of why did I choose the industry as my business? So whatever industry you're in, a couple episodes ago, we talked about that overarching category that you're in. If you're a, you know, if you're a nurse or if you have a gift shop, those overarching questions, like I'm in marketing. So why did I choose marketing as my business? Whatever your answer is to that question, ask, well, why is that important to me? So I'll give you my story. I've always loved watching ads on TV and the magazine ads and creating slogans and watching movie trailers and billboards actually really intrigue me. I love all things marketing. What I do is analyze the psychology behind the intent and the messaging and what they're trying to get across. Another reason I really love marketing is the psychology of things, right? (laughs) This might sound a little evil, but what I'm fascinated by is how great marketing can evoke emotions in people, evoke the emotions in people, and then persuade them to buy something, whether they need it or not. It's that whole, like, how is it memorable? I think it's it's brilliant. I mean, I think we've all seen the, the gummy bear commercial where you've got the adults sitting in suits playing with gummy bears and have the children's voices, right? It's, it, it brings you back to your childhood, even though you're an adult. It's, it's great marketing. Hallmark is the same way. I've talked about them a lot, but the cards, it's a greeting card. Yet somehow, some of these commercials could actually make you tear up. So ask the why question. Why did I get in this business to begin with? So for me, why did I do it? Um, I did it because it's just something I've always been really interested in. And quite honestly, I'm good at it. It's something that comes easy to me. But at the same time, I love the psychology and the 
the brilliance behind what marketing, how marketing affects people. So that's why I chose marketing. So then what you're going to do is you're going to do the same why game when it comes to your ideal client. I'm going to give you an example. I did a training for a bunch of financial planners. They all work for the same company. They all basically did the same thing, but all of them had a different clientele that they sold to. Some were small business owners. Some were people who were just getting out of college. Some people were, they wanted like the married couple with, you know, having kids and all this other stuff, right? So like there's a reason you chose the clientele that you have. There's a reason why I love helping small businesses because quite honestly, the reason I chose small businesses is that I did this question to myself, why did I choose this client? And I came to realize that I watched my hometown, my very small hometown in Western Wisconsin, kind of go downhill when a big box store moved into town. And everybody's like so excited to have the big box store. But then, you know, the 150-year-old men's clothing store had to go out of business. So did the local, the drugstore. So did like, you know, the grocery store had to, like the mom and pop grocery shop that were there, they... They sold out to like a, a bigger brand because they couldn't afford the competition with the big box store. And I saw what was a cute little town turn into just a bunch of empty stores. It was really sad. Then they, you know, they obviously, they've come back quite a bit. Once organic farming came in and um, a couple of really good chefs came in and really revitalized the area. But at the same time, it broke my heart to see such a, such a nice town go through that transition just because a big box store decided to move in. So small businesses, I think small businesses are the absolute heart of every community. That's where the teenagers get their first jobs, you know, busting tables, that's what's mine. So that's why I chose small businesses. Sometimes when you decide the client thing, it can get a little personal. So if you keep asking yourself, well, why is it important to me that I help this kind of client? It can get uncomfortable, but that's okay. That means you're getting closer. I was working with the business coach. I think I told the story already, but, you know, what happened was by the time we got down to the core, it was, I wish I had me. If, if, I, if I had had somebody like me when I first started my other businesses, I wouldn't be in the place that I am today. It can get a little uncomfortable, but be comfortable being uncomfortable because you're really going to get down to the why you pick that particular target audience and ideal client. The last thing you can do uh, to find your differentiator is maybe it's a business differentiator. And in chapter three of the book, in, on page 56, I'm going to go through some of the things that could be your differentiators. Now, there's the third thing that you can do to find why you're different, how, to, how you differentiate yourself is like, is your business, something about your business, or your business experience. And so this is from chapter three, page 56 in the book. And the first one literally is experience. Like, do you or your team members specialize in some kind of a rare industry skill? Have you worked for a company that gave you specific training that makes you different from your competition? So, and I will always say that I think experience outweighs a college degree, in, especially in some areas. Obviously not in like medical or science or something like that, but at the same time, a lot of the times people go, well, I don't have a master's. I don't have a master's. And yet I'm working with some really nice size organizations because of my experience. I've been there. And in my experience, personally, I was in sales for 12 years. Most marketing people don't have sales experience. And very few salespeople have marketing experience. So that makes me different. Okay, a niche industry. Like 
like you have industry knowledge that is very, very specific. Um, so it helps you like fully understand what the customer needs. Um, that's a that's another way of a business, business experience. Now, customer service, people always say, oh, we've got great customer service. Ah, no, it's not just customer service. What about your customer service makes it so special? You know, is it the consistently that you're following up? Is it you have excellent results? You have minimal wait time. You resolve, you resolve the issues super fast. You know what I mean? It's so like, what is it specifically about customer service that makes you different? Okay, the next one. We're going to be getting this in a, in a second, but price. Price can actually be a differentiator, and yet you don't want to be the you don't want to sell on low price because you become a commodity and not a value. I'm going to skip over this one a little bit because we're going to be getting into price in just a minute. What about quality? Are you using materials or a process that makes your product or service a higher quality than your competition? And then solution-based. If you are a differentiator because you can solve a specific solution faster and better um, is, is one way of differentiating yourself. Like, do you have a better solution for a problem? And then the last one is innovation. So are you being an innovator in your industry? Does that make you a differentiator? Um, you know, in marketing, it changes all the time. So AI is the newest thing that everybody's talking about. Like, should marketing people use AI? What's the legal ramifications of it? Is it what are the pros and cons? But you have to always be innovating to be able to stay ahead of the competition. So once you have all three of those things, once you have your your industry differentiator, like why you chose that industry, once you know your why you're in that industry, your clientele, why you specifically chose that clientele, do you have specific experience or knowledge based on the clientele that you're serving? And then with business, what is it? And again, with my business, it was the, the fact that I have sales and marketing experience. And so then you create a sentence or a few words, whatever the case might be, of what makes you different. Now, you don't have to use all three. You could just use one if you wanted to, but your unique selling proposition is something that you can use in, in a lot of places. So to give you an example of a unique selling pro, um, of some brands, the IKEA brand is sophisticated design at extremely low price. And then Canva, I love Canva, um, empowering the world to design. Those are, those are their unique selling propositions. Mine is creating marketing strategies that sell because I want people to understand that marketing and sales work absolutely together and your marketing and your sales need to be like, coherent and all heading in the right direction. That's just the unique selling proposition kind of 101. You could Google it and then you can get a lot of different like there's the five steps kind of thing if you wanted to do that. But a unique selling proposition is something that really sets you apart. What makes you different? Speaking of different and set apart, why don't we hear from our sponsor? If you want to get started with podcasting today, but you don't know where to start, I've got just the thing for you. Spotify. Spotify for podcasters is a free app on iOS and Android. This app is specifically designed to help you get started with simplicity. It will also distribute your show to other platforms like Apple Podcasts and, well, Spotify. So to get started today, check out the link in the description. Spotify, a better way to podcast. Now back to today's episode. 
Welcome back. All right. Another deep breath is needed here because we're going to be talking about pricing, everybody. Deep breath. Pricing strategies are all about how your customers, your clients and your customers, perceive the value they are getting out of what you sell. Here's what's going to happen. I'm actually going to be reading from page 60 of the book when it comes to pricing because I think it tells the story. And yes, it's my story. This is from page 60 of the book. I'm just going to read this excerpt. I had no idea how to price my marketing consulting services when I first started my business. None. I started by charging a fairly low hourly rate my first year increased my fees as I gained more confident at being a solopreneur. However, I knew I still was not charging enough when a customer said to me, for what I learned from you and how you've helped overhaul our marketing, I would have paid twice as much for your services. Ouch. That comment made me take a long, hard look at what services I was offering to customers. Then I consulted my mastermind group for some honest, shark-like, ass-kicking advice. They helped me remove the Tina in my head and allowed me to see the value I offer my customers. It was life-changing. I decided to narrow my focus to just marketing strategy versus day-to-day marketing design and implementation. Then I moved to value-based pricing versus hourly fees. To move the value-based pricing, here is what I needed to understand. First, just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it's easy for my customers, so my services have a greater value. Next, experience and expertise add value, therefore my services have a higher price point. And last, if they could, if they could do it themselves, they would not need me. I add value to their business. So the rebel mindset that I have in this one is if you're giving them the answers to the test, you're worth more money. If you have the answers to the problems that they're trying to solve, you add value. So can anybody relate to this story? I mean, like you start out, you're thinking, oh, I don't know. But as you go on, it's, you know, I'm not the most expensive marketing consultant. and I'm not the cheapest marketing consultant. I'm somewhere in the middle. But what I charge gives people, I charge enough that what, what people are getting out of it, what the value is. So uh, if you can relate to that, that's part of the book. So let me get started on the whole pricing thing by going over some six of the most common pricing models, which is on page 61. Some of the most common pricing strategies are, first one is competition-based pricing. This is when you evaluate the price of your competitors and you set it just above or just below that price range. So competitive-based selling, that's one of them. The second one I outline in here is cost plus pricing. And in this model is solely based on the cost of products, how much it costs you to produce your products, and then adding a markup. That's cost plus pricing. The next one is economy pricing. Set the price to your target buyers. So for a really low price or bargain, uh, that means you have the lower price. You're going to need to sell a lot more, you know, based on what your profit margins might be. But that's economy pricing. Then there's the opposite, which is premium pricing. You know, that luxury pricing, you might want to say. This is for products or services that prove in quality and reliability. The next pricing model is price skimming. I don't know if you've all heard this term, but it's setting the price high for your product and then gradually reducing the price over time. 
And then there's value-based pricing. That's the target uh, niche market with a product or service that are customer-oriented and customizable according to the customer's needs. You know, the higher perceived value, the higher the price. So that's all six of them. So you got the competition-based, cost plus, economy, premium, price skimming, and value-based pricing. So um, here's the thing when it comes to pricing. You want to make money. Duh. But you don't want to gouge the customers so they don't think they're getting a value. Um, if they're not getting a value, they're going to let other people know that they're not getting a value and you know, there's going to be a long recovery process with that. But, you know, there are experts out there that are specifically there to analyze and recommend pricing structures. I'm not one of them. Honestly, I'm not. But I do understand how to price, help people understand what pricing model they want to do. Business coaches out there are really good at pricing. All I'm trying to do is to get you to think about your pricing and make sure that you're getting your worth. That's the whole point of this. You need to get paid what you're worth. All right. In today's episode, we talked about fully understanding what you sell is a vital step in creating marketing that's not only impactful, it's also effective in getting your ideal prospect to take action. Part of what you're selling is your unique selling proposition, having that written down, figuring out what that is, and understanding your pricing structure. Next week... I won't be doing anything out of the book, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from some favorite books of mine that have inspired me to do what I do. And next week, as you nurse your Memorial Day hangover, take a listen and get inspired to make the rest of 2023 freaking amazing. So until next week, have a great week. Cheers. <laughs>